and we are live. I just actually noticed for the first time ever, there's actually a little button on OBS that says that you're live. So I don't have to guess anymore. It just says it for me. <laughs> I never, I never fucking knew, man. <sighs> and so uh, we are live. Yeah, we are live. Uh, we're live with another episode. I forgot the full screen. Our discord call. Um, <laughs> I forgot the full screen of discord call and I had the sound on. So there might be like half a second of, of feedback. And let me just, uh, switch that over just in case because i'm i'm paranoid we are sorry for last week's audio issues and for last week's seven minutes seven eight minutes being cut off at the end uh they were a similar number and i didn't i didn't realize that they were different numbers you know just kind of in the uh the rush of of getting the show out <clears throat> i had missed that and uh, so hopefully everything comes in nice and even today, and uh, the full episode will be uploaded. The previous episode, I mean, you just missed us rambling on for, for five minutes. It, <laughs> you didn't miss much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this week, we are back once again, and we have the... Uh, we decided just to jump ahead to a new lore book, uh, to Achilles Weaves a Cocoon, because this, this is a good book. I like this book. Yeah. It's a it's a kind of short one though actually like when I was going through it I was like you know like it's it's really easy to summarize because it was just like each usually with like lore books like their chapters are like super in depth and it's like look at this huge bunch of information and like in this one it's just like look at this single conversation <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was kind of condensed wasn't it yeah not that <laughs> there's I there's some good meat in here though yeah yeah I think so as well. Uh, so, uh, let's just get right into it. Do you want to start out with, uh, your, the, uh, lore card? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this week's lore card was on a future war cult, uh, weapon again. <laughs> There's a theme going on here. Uh, this one was the Pleiades Corrector, uh, which is the scout rifle. And the flavor text is, no, I don't think I will tell you what it's for. That would be too easy, Blacks me too. Um, so that's a little cryptic, I guess. You got to think when we, we first got this weapon way back when, nobody knew what the hell they were talking about, you know. Um, but we're kind of seeing things through new eyes with how Blacks me and the future war cult and the current events are unfolding. Mm. So it, it's a little, it's a little polarizing, but at the same time, it's kind of, it, it's showing how people are having to be forced to deal with the underlying issues that have been around us for so long, I guess. And so these people are are being forced to deal with things that they're not usually accustomed to. It's not black and white anymore. Everything's shades of gray and. Um, uh, a lot of people don't want to change, you know. I mean, you see it with Amanda, you see it with Lakshmi, you see it with Alakshalal, you see it with, you know, just all speakers of of the tower. I mean, it's just a, it's a big it's a big mess right now, and everybody has a different opinion on how to get us out of it. Mm. So, I feel like sorry to interrupt, but I, I do feel yeah, like yeah. it's it's important though because like <clears throat> you kind of have the example of a character who existed in a time of war in Saint 14 and 
just because he existed in the time of war doesn't mean he he's unable to to see reason and evolve and i mean like kind of like spoilers for the end of the season but i I feel like it's important to say going into the end of the season saint 14 kind of sees the error in his ways and sees that the the elixir can be trusted and that they deserve to be citizens of the city and that that we need to work together because we're stronger together etc etc and then you have this horrible un- inexcusable person in Lakshmi too and her actions right now where she's like basically just like <laughs> trying to rile up the city against the vanguard and yeah. well, then she has things you know, like and, this and oh. a lot of that is um you know it, it's two sides of the same coin that we've all been been uh, um, guilty of you know mm-hmm. in game or in lore and story-wise so you know, not everybody is the same. Not everybody, just because they are fallen doesn't mean that they're mm-hmm. instinctively bad, right? So mm-hmm. it's like there are many facets of each individual um, class, race, whatever, you know. I mean, we had guardians that were just outright killers. I mean, yeah. there, there's, you know, stories of, of, a, of a, you know, a ghost hunter. You know, there's stories Zero. of... Yeah, there's stories of, of of fallen that you know are out hugging Efrity in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's just so it. Not everybody is defined by the cloth that they wear, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what's kind of cool about the story we're going to get into today. It kind of shows that um, yeah. that side of that. Um, and it, there's something else I'll point out later, but there's a lot of duality. Um, so to say that anything is right or wrong within this universe is setting your, yourself for future hypocrisy. And we're seeing a lot of that in Lakshmi right now. So mm-hmm. right now she's kind of set the stage for herself to be kind of the, the, um, the bad guy for the moment. And uh, she, she does that because on her base history and, and what she's had to deal with uh, coming up in the tower. And remember way back when future war cult was brought into uh, the vanguard mm-hmm. and they weren't necessarily the first choice right you remember when the concordat's demise uh they had to bring in you know another another chair for someone and they brought in the future war call and that was even back then kind of a controversial decision yeah by the consensus mm-hmm. so but they've been here and they've proven themselves to be a, a valuable asset however you know every faction is going to have some outliers or issues uh, mm-hmm. and right now it's Lakshmi the leader or one of the leaders yeah and it's like so, I kind I kind of get where she's coming from kind of in specifically the sense that you know the red war happened and and she foresaw it she said she said this is going to happen and everyone's like that's not going to happen you're stupid and and instead of just being like careful and be, being prepared for the potential of it happening it happened and people died because of it and now she sees what she thinks she sees whether it's true or, or false based on what we discussed on our, our last week's episode uh she's instead of just saying hey this is gonna happen she's trying to force people of the city to rally behind her and solely her which is like really ironic because she's like we were told that this city is governed by a consensus or whatever this week and it's like i guess not because the vanguard just does what they want and it's like just because you don't like it doesn't mean that the majority vote didn't agree to it you know like 
<laughs> you yeah. can vote nay, but if everyone else says yay, you know, it's yeah, happening. It's funny. It's funny because here's the funniest part about all three factions, including the Vanguard. But the funniest thing about all three factions is that they've always, always shown their uh, hypocritical nature within their their um, dictas. So, like for instance, mm-hmm. New Monarchies. Um, you know, seven tenants are so great until the very end where they just, you know, give up all power to one particular leader that's going to absorb everything and tell everyone what to do no matter what, and you can't go against it, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got the dead orbit, which everybody on the face of it always says, oh, well, they're always trying to run away. They're just getting away from the problems. They're going to abandon us, when in reality, they're trying to start over humanity and seed mm-hmm. the universe somewhere else safely because they want to grow and populate and save humanity for the rest of eternity however future war cult has always been in the middle where they have just accepted this inevitability that war is an ever constant and there's no way to escape that you're always going to be in war however now you've got this hypocritical side popping up where Lakshmi has decided to be well she's you know being somewhat manipulated into thinking that things are a certain way and she's decided mm-hmm. to take it upon herself to become somewhat of a dictator. And so it's like every one of them is uh, guilty of some sort of hypocritical uh, ideology that they that everything is flawed, right? Nothing yeah. is perfect. And even you see that in every one of these doctrines that are being forced or pushed around. And so <laughs> uh, future workouts always been in the middle of the two sides of that, you know, do we stay and rebuild or do we leave? And future mm-hmm. war cults like, no, we just sit here in the middle and yeah. and accept shit, right? Yeah, I've like uh, ever ever since like early destiny, I've always been like a dead orbit fan and like what they stood for because I never saw them as, oh, they want to run away. I saw them for what they were that, you know, humanity has the best chance of survival if we were to like send out groups to populate this galaxy and this galaxy and this galaxy and this galaxy. You have so many branches of humanity out there. There's no way you can take them all out. Mm -hmm. And future Oracle, I was like, I might not side with them, but I understand them because yeah, war is an ever constant. You do need to be prepared for war wherever you go, because that's the harsh reality of destiny's universe. But this season, man has just really made me think, you know, well, there's more than one war cult. Apparently, like you said, with, yeah, with the exactly. conquer they were like, what about the war cult? And they're like, which war cult? And it's like, Oh, so there's several. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's yeah, several, let's get yeah. a new one. <laughs> let's get out. Lakshmi and let's, let, let's get the, uh, the present war cult. And yeah, hell, let's just bring in the trinary star cult. I'd be it. okay with that. <laughs> I'm in, I, exclusively because i'm like i just want to see what they're about you know <laughs> yeah i do too i i think it's hilarious that in this trinary star um fusion rifle it, it basically the flavor text is it's complicated math <laughs> basically <laughs> and it's so funny because it's very true like any 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 chance for um <laughs> life to happen within Mm -hmm. a trinary star system is almost impossible and so Mm -hmm. it's just funny that because it's kind of like a backwards laugh at themselves in the world of sci-fi like if you're going to have any kind of (laughs) life in a three-star system it's going to be pretty impossible i didn't know uh, that i mean that makes sense because obviously like a binary sure but a trinary nah 
it's not yeah. going to work apparently according to theoretical physicists and all that yeah because that would that, that like just that kind of goes back to like the whole threat of what we thought this season would be at first where it's like oh crap the vex like stopped the rotation of the earth or something or perfectly aligned yeah. the rotation of the earth so yeah. that the city's always in nighttime and it's like half the world is going to burn and half the world is going to freeze well, and like that's insane yeah, yeah. And I that's think it, the funny thing. The funny thing about the Vex uh, turning everything into night right now, um, everybody's focused on this idea that without the sun, everything is going to die, which is true in a way. However, we're dealing with this altered reality. You know, it's yeah. not it's not AR, but I mean, it's just like we're dealing with this altered reality where those rules that would uh, apply in a physical realm are not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, true to origin right so we've got we've got a different instance to deal with and it's funny because i think there's something under the surface that that is going to be explored that we'll 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 uncover later in the season obviously because you know there's some really cool creepy things happening yeah Uh, because like the the city is basically it's got a a simulation blanketed or i mean kind of Based based on what I've read, at least it seems like the Vex took like the, the the atomic structure of the city and like wove in simulation to it. Yes. So the entire city is like in, encapsulated in a simulation. It's it is a simulation in itself now, right. and so it's like they can do whatever they want to us in this simulation. And what they're doing is making it nighttime. Not even making yeah. it like. Yeah. Like world ending, bitter cold nighttime. You're no longer in sunlight nighttime, but just like yeah, it's it's you know it's ten it's p.m. Just night. Yeah. It's comfortable. It's endless night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just check out the stars. You know, it's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Well, and you know, and it, and and that's a, probably a psychological yeah. play, right? So that's, exactly though, and that's that's yeah. that's my point because <clears throat> when you have something so like like uh, low threat as endless night. It's enough. It's just enough to make people be like, oh, my God, what's happening? We need to figure out who's doing this. And now you have Lakshmi being like the fallen are doing this. Yeah. And it's like, what do you mean the fallen are doing? Of course the Vex are doing this, but it's just enough to throw blame on the fallen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and and that's the that's and that's the unfortunate consequence of laying blame to things you don't fully understand or haven't investigated completely and you know we're all guilty of it in real life too like you hear a rumor (laughs) about so and so and then you decide to just believe it right yeah you know and then you (laughs) come and then you find out the real story and you're like oh wow i'm such an ass for treating that person that way or you know whatever the case may be i mean we all most of us were either went to high school or in high school or some sort of school you know, mm-hmm. and we've dealt with that kind of crap in, in social settings, you know, but um, so yeah. Lakshmi is, yeah, Lakshmi is running away with rumors, <laughs> helping to helping to spread that seed, you know. Yeah. And uh, here we are. So um, instead of being but, forthcoming, no, I don't think I'll tell you what it's for. That would be too easy. Of course. Thanks, Lakshmi. Super, yeah, super trustworthy yeah. uh, person right now. I'm going to explain out what things are. And yeah, what is she so even talking the, about? Like, what do you think so she's talking about? So back to the lore card, that? exactly. 
yeah, what is she talking about? Well, you know, back then we didn't know. We don't know what they're talking about. We just know they have a bunch of glimpses into chasms and a mm-hmm. bunch of, you know, views into an alternate timeline where she's like, oh, my God, everything's, we're, you know, it's always going to be this way. So I, I um, think, uh, I, just, I just want to say, I think really quick, though, I think she's talking about the uh, Pleiades corrector and she just had a really stupid future war cult member be like, what's that? And she's like, are you? Are you are you serious? It's a gun. No, I don't think I'm yeah. going to tell you what it's for. Yeah. That would be too easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I thought back in the day is basically poking fun at all the people like me who are trying to investigate the meaning behind everything. Oh, yeah. That is something Bungie <laughs> would actually do, too. They, they would. would be like, they do. What does this and they've mean? written in lore, they've yeah. written in lore uh, certain c- circumstances that poke fun at us, too, for investigating things. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's just silly. That's entirely But possible. they're having a laugh. They're having a laugh. They want to see what we do, you know. So, I uh, so I mean, so if you wanted to take it into a new type of, uh, you know, light, mm-hmm. I guess, if you will, the Pleiades, we've talked about them before because they keep coming up. Um, but they're the they're the seven sisters, you know, the the constellation that represents the seven sisters in the night sky or whatever. Um, so their story is pretty cool in Greek mythology. And so mm-hmm. that's basically where this comes from. Cause Pleiades is the word, you know, used being used here. There are a lot of different um, ideas as to what that constellation uh, meant. Mm-hmm. Um, there's folklore spread all over the earth about the Pleiades. However, in this instance, Pleiades, because of that word is referring to Greek mythology. And so you've got this story where the seven sisters um, were chased relentlessly by the giant hunter Orion. And so that's why when you look up in the night sky and you see Orion, and then you see the Pleiades just off to the right of it or wherever you're standing. And it looks like, you know, he's aimed at them. Um, Yeah, it's pretty cool. So uh, according to the story, all seven sisters died of suicide after their, after the death of their father, Atlas. You know, and Atlas is the one that was burdened with holding up the earth on his back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so Zeus, the ruler of the Greek, Greek gods, immortalized them by placing them in the night sky as a way to kind of, you know, keep them eternal. Right. Mm-hmm. So the seven sisters are always going to be up there. And so this is one of the most memorable myths involving the Pleiades. Um, the sisters literally became stars and. They call when when there's a death and they become you know stars. They call this a a, a cat a cat asterism, <laughs> a catasterism, if you will. So it's this um, it's kind of like a what is the word? It's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. But then they're immortalized, right? Yeah. So according to some versions of the tale, the seven sisters committed suicide because they were so saddened by either the fate of their father, Atlas, or the loss of their siblings, uh, the the Hyades. <laughs> so Zeus, the ruler of Greek gods, immortalized the sisters by placing them in the sky. The seven sisters formed the star cluster known as the Pleiades. Uh, the ancient Greeks saw these stars as seven maidens, a.k.a. the seven daughters of Atlas, and told stories on how they were pursued by Orion, the giant hunter. So you got this, you know, horny on main hunter running around chasing these Pleiades. <laughs> uh, 
And then so when Orion met his ill fate and was killed by a scorpion, Zeus also placed him in the sky where he could resume his pursuit of the seven sisters. <laughs> so that's, that's why there's up. this. Yeah, and it <laughs> Greek mythology is messed up all over. It's like, man, you've been it's you've like... been hunting these girls for a while. I'm gonna let you keep hunting them. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I just I know. It's so it's so it's so tormented. I mean, anyway, they, it's like the, you know, they're just probably like Dude, stop creeping out on us. Leave us alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here's where it's important. So there's that story, but here's where it really gets important. So okay. um, a Greek poet, Hesiod, mentions the Pleiades several times in his works in, in Day's poem. <laughs> uh, because the Pleiades are primarily winter stars, they feature prominently in the ancient agricultural calendar. And so... Uh, he has this poem, and here's the excerpt from it. It's, uh, and if longing seizes you for sailing the stormy seas, when the Pleiades flee mighty Orion and plunge into the misty deep, and all the gusty winds are raging, then do not keep your ship on the wine-dark sea. But as I bid you, remember to work the land. So what does that mean? So he's basically saying, um, when you can't sail, Mm-hmm. get to work on get to work on grass right you know mm-hmm. so he's like if you can't go out and hunt in the ocean you better get your butt working in the fields so the winter months you know you can't really do that right so mm-hmm. you got to kind of like reap what you sow so the pleiades would flee mighty orion and plunge into the misty deep as they set in the west which they did just before the dawn during october and november so this was a good time to lay up your ship after the fine summer weather and remember to work the land. And so the Pleiades have become this constellation that's permanently affixed in the sky to remind sailors and field workers when to do certain things in the seasons. And so right now is a season of change uh, for the for the for those people right working the land and so if you think about it as pleiades corrector they're trying to um put the story in here that evolves lakshmi and if you read the lore tab or lore or lore uh, entry on this one uh, you can kind of see a little bit of what they're playing with as far as the writers go mm-hmm. and so it's just neat because We've never known what the hell Pleiades corrector meant back in the day, but if you kind of try to ascribe some new meaning to it, you can kind of see how the the events are unfolding currently, and it's almost like, hey, time to reap what you sowed is mm-hmm. what they're trying to say right now. So, you know, all these years we've been saying these certain things as Future War Cult uh, goes around telling all this stuff, but now, now's the time to act. And so Lakshmi is acting. So anyway, yeah, thought that was pretty neat. That is. So then, uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Too early for this deep Greek mythology crap. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, that's, that's a synopsis. You know, it's funny because the Pleiades are talked about ad nauseum in greek mythology mm-hmm. however they have like one of the the least defined stories 
Yeah, I'm just I'm just like trying to like think about that now because I never attributed uh, Future War Cult to anything like with Greek mythology. Although, I mean, maybe maybe it's just always been there. Is that has have you found that to be a, a common theme of theirs? No, in fact, it's completely opposite. Um, for if anything, all of the items that Future War Cult has ever had has been rooted in um, science and and religion uh mm. like for instance the tail hard war mm. uh that one's a that's a beautiful uh uh lore card right there that's one of my favorites and mm. uh and um just basically just real quick the tail hard war um is about pierre Tellhard. he was okay. a scientist slash religious person mm-hmm. and he he at the end of his entire works his entire life at the very end of everything, he just, he, he had this revelation that for all the stuff that he was doing his entire life, the most important thing was war was an inevitability. And that came out in a memoir he wrote. And it's so weird that that would even be in game, but it just goes to show you how deep some of these things go. And um, so basically Tailhard spent his entire life to trying to prove the destiny of man or uncover the basically the missing link you know in science and uh why we were here on earth and why everybody you know looks a certain way and evolved to this per- particular point but he yeah. also wrote called the omega point which is this idea that everything is converging to one central point that will be a, a singular consciousness Everybody in the entire world will eventually evolve to one shared consciousness. And he was kind of right because we're headed that way right now. I hope not. That's weird. Well, you know, in a way, <laughs> that's weird. If but... you think about in, information, technology, and how we are all using, you know, the internet and the way that we're sharing information, uh, he, had a, he was kind of right in a way. I guess you got to think this guy wrote this stuff forever ago. Anyway, pretty cool. So future war cult, but yeah, all their items are always about like war and, uh, you know, just having to accept things as the way they are. So before we get to the book, I actually want to ask you something because you kind of just made me think of it. Uh, the future war cult, exists because they use the device which was um uh rebuilt vex tech by uh maya sundaresh and and her team back in the golden age and so if rebuilt vex tech made the device to see the future do you think the future the whole deal is that every future they see they see war right but do you think that future that they're seeing, they always see war because in one way or another, the Vex end game is to win. So either we're going to be defeated by the Vex in war, or we're going to be defeated by the Fallen in war, or we're going to be defeated by the Hive in war, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No matter what, the Vex are going to win. Who kills us before or before the Vex, or if the Vex are the ones to come and, and kill us off, there is war in the future, right? Do you think right. that that might actually be it? Um, yeah, because I, I think 
and here's the here's the meta uh, answer to your question is um, I think that people I think that guardians and everyone in the destiny universe hasn't hasn't been able to come to um, come to the epiphany, if you will, that in order to um, escape mm-hmm. this inevitability designed by our enemies, we have to sacrifice. And that's one of the greatest things that we have as a power is that are willing to sacrifice ourselves and lay down our bodies in front of uh, our enemies is the one thing that they cannot um, understand. And so, so, so that's, that's the one thing that we've been able to use as a weapon or as a, as a crowbar, if you will, to keep uh, humanity from going extinct. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was said early on when we were fighting the cabal in Grimoire, Hey, look, there's a bunch of guardians dancing around on Mars. What do we do with them? You know, we don't know what to do. We keep shooting them and they keep coming back. We keep shooting them. And we keep coming back. Yeah. yeah. So that's funny in and of itself because they're the, there's these guardians just kind of playing with the cabal, right? Cause they don't yeah. know what to do. Uh, they don't understand it. And the cabal um, are very much the same kind of idealism as future war cult, where they're just all war, you know, propelling forward in their war machine. Um, Cause that's, that's kind of what I'm, that's actually a, a bit of an example of why I think that's why the future war cult would see what they would see because, you know, there's the, on Mars, there's the Virgo prohibition and the Vex on Mars, the Virgo prohibition, their whole deal isn't to like convert Mars or to kill everything on Mars or anything like that. They are just there to exist in a stalemate with the cabal. You know, they're just like, let's see what will happen. You know, let's like, let's, let's see how they will fight. And one of their, their big things was while in a stalemate with the cabal on Mars, they were actually baiting Rasputin to shoot at them to see how Rasputin fought. So it's like, they didn't know that. So it's, it's kind of like if we're seeing futures that the Vex are simulating because that's all that the device can be seeing right it's a simulated futures if we're seeing the futures that the vex are simulating doesn't it make sense that they're they're looking into futures to see how we fight and it's like that's why every future is war there's never a peaceful future because that's all they care about they don't they don't they're not like let's see how they farm they don't they don't give a shit about it's so funny because like it's so funny because when you say it like that you know as an outsider the third person reading this you know it makes so much sense to us right where mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it it's like you just want to yell at Lakshmi Lakshmi can't you just see like the big picture what's happening you dumbass you know and <laughs> you want to be like you want to be like look you know it you're looking into uh probabilities that are outcomes designed by the vex you don't you can't take that as like prophecy you know yeah, you and, don't and you don't have even, a good control yeah you don't have control over what you're seeing i mean you could easily be just being duped by uh you know the, the machine well the cabal are dealing with it too and the oxa you know so it's kind of like that's why i bring them up is because they're so similar in their uh nature future war cult and the cabal in, so in, as far as that goes now that you brought that up i actually want to ask about that so the oxa specifically that was created by a scion and to my knowledge it didn't have anything to do with the vex it was entirely a psionic future telling device right yeah. But now 
we don't have the Oxa, uh, or rather last season, they didn't have the Oxa. They used Vex prediction engines to see a future and they found the future without Zavala and they tried to force that one as the action and et cetera. So it's like, do you think the Oxa was potentially just as corruptible as the device? Or do you think the Oxa actually showed a more uh, pure, unfiltered potential future? I have no idea. It's just a mystery to me. I would I would like to believe that anything that they use as a tool in this game could be manipulated, though. Like, I, I, I mean, I know that sounds tragic, but I think that for all the tech and wonderful things that these guys have at their disposals, enemies and guardians alike, mm-hmm. uh, everything is fallible in one way or another. Yeah. And, and they can't trust anything totally. Um, so, like, why wouldn't the Cabal be easily duped just like we are, you know? Uh, That's fair. With their Oxa machine. That's fair. I just think, like, the the the... the future war Coral device is like the vex can just corrupt it you know it's it's their yeah. technology they have that control whereas sure the anxa can be corrupted but it would take like an actual action to corrupt it yeah. it's not something they have in their back pocket that they can just decide today we're gonna take take it over you know plus the scions are just flat out mysterious anyway i mean it, yeah. at any point they could just be this the end all be all of everything I wonder how yep. many scions can combine together. Can we? Can like all of the scions just combine <laughs> together to make one giant mega scion? Mega scion. <laughs> well, they all share a consciousness, sorta, of, or they can all listen to each other, thinking in a in a in a somewhat close proximity. So and feel it. That's creepy. Why would they tell us that? Ugh. I don't know. Imagine being in a field, like in a in a battleground, and you're a scion, and you've got you know a hundred of your scion uh, kin out there on the field, and each one of them's dying, and you're feeling it at the same time. It just if the scions have the ability to combine into like an unstoppable scion, you know, I've I've killed like maybe. 10 scions at once like i probably couldn't kill the this giant 10 scion monster <sighs> on my own like you'd imagine they would use that that trick more often yeah yeah okay so <laughs> there has to be some catch to it yeah there has to be something you know so back to what you were saying about the um the future war cult machine and the device sunrush yeah, the, so the device, uh, oh. you know it, it. It's been it's been kind of proven that it's it's got its own flaws too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you know now we've got the the vault of glass that opened back up, and we get to go back and experience that whole thing. And there's a few new little things that were added, but um, you know, it's just it's just kind of weird that. For all of the things that the future war cult have been a part of, uh, their story has kind of evolved around the the Vault of Glass, the Ishtar team, and you know Maya Sundarash, the device, all of that, and the Exo shared, Stranger. yeah, and the Exo Stranger, all of that shared world, right? Mm-hmm. So all of that has kind of been their whole 
that's been that's been the lattice work that's kind of created what the future war cult has become or has been but if you think about that from a bird's eye view it's that why would you create such a faction on such rocky things you know such fallible things right and i guess that maybe that's why the consensus had such an issue with it mm. bringing in the future oracle because they thought wow yeah it seems is- like they were an interesting choice you know like they they were against bringing in symmetry because they were too uh problematic i think they said i forgot what they said about symmetry yeah so ulan tan's teachings were yeah i think that was problematic or something yeah like he was he's even more problematic after he died or something like that where, yeah yeah know, symmet- if he keeps a martyr yeah <laughs> symmetry just it was it was too dangerous so instead yeah. of bringing in like a sensible the, the, their faction choices are weird you know, because they have new monarchy who is basically like, yeah, let's have a, you know, dictatorship. You know, wouldn't that be neat? And, <laughs> and then they have future war cult who are, are seeing, seeing the future. And it, at first it's like, yeah, they're seeing the future. They're helping us out. You know, that's a good thing. And, but now it's like, but now they're directly going against the consensus and basically Ugh. trying to rile up the city. They're dangerous. And then dead orbit, who is basically like, yeah, we have our fleets. Uh, we're going to hang out. You guys can get on, but if you're not in our faction, they got first seat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Come join our faction. You'll, you'll be guaranteed a seat in our fleet. Yeah. Type, you know, like they're, they're probably like the most tame which is so funny because you know they 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 represent on the face of everything, they represent like the goth boys, right? The <laughs> it bothers me so much that that's, that's I know. Like but even Bungie like jokes point. about them like that, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, but that's the point. So my point is, Bungie is screwing with everyone. So they build up these things just to basically tear them down and show you, ha ha. You know, it, yeah. it's it's a really good way of kind of it's a really good way of making you confront your own insecurities about the decisions and choices you make in life, because everything has a consequence, whether you perceive it as good or bad, no matter what it's inescapable. It's like that dumb saying I hear all the time and I hate hearing it. It's that one where uh, no good deed goes unpunished. You know, it's so irritating or like, mm. you know, you, you, you hear that and it's just like, God, why, why do you got to say that? You know, why, why is this, what is this about, right? What are you trying to say? And I think at the end of everything, I think people are just trying to show that, you know what, we're all just trying to do the best we can do, but there are going to be some bumps and bruises on the way. Mm-hmm. We're going to screw some stuff up. And, uh, and just, man, Lakshmi is messing up right now. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that machine, I don't think that machine was ever designed to do what she thought it was doing. Yeah. I mean, I guess you have to wonder like what actually is the device because the Vex, they don't see the future, right? They just make simulated predictions and they're like, Mm -hmm. the probabilities are blah, 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 blah on like what it comes out to be. So it's not really seeing the future. It's basically just running like, uh, a, a probability engine you know yeah 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 absolutely and they're gonna just try they're gonna keep trying to throw throw the the 
they're they're code breakers, right? They're yeah. trying to break the code. It's like yeah. I wonder how often the future the the futures they see are are true do happen, you know? Because like uh, uh it's kind of spoiler probably a spoilery. lot because think about think about the exo stranger and all yeah. the things that she's seen well i just mean like i just mean like they're they're it's kind of spoilery but you know there there's uh lore entries that that we haven't gotten in the game yet uh where lakshmi is observing a character i'm not going to name the character just to try to keep it uh safe for anyone who is trying to avoid the end of season spoilers like that uh who's like been keeping an eye on a character and then they come and talk to her and she's basically like in her head like then he then they're gonna say this then they're gonna say this then they're gonna say this and that's what they end up saying and she's she's just like yeah i know exactly what they're coming here to tell me i know exactly what they're coming here to do and propose and etc because i've seen the future and i know this is the future so it sounds like they're they're like really hitting it you know they're like they're they're getting the outcome they are prepare they're seeing from their device yeah yeah i mean you know but then that's the that's the thing it's like that's the um the paradox you know with with what osiris was dealing with mm-hmm. how much you remember he was dealing with his uh followers and and how they were just basically taking all of his prophecies and mm-hmm. ruining everything because they're spreading around a lot of his um prophecies and they're 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 affecting the outcome of the future. And so mm-hmm. a lot of things he was saying had to be really cryptic because if he just out flat out told them what's going to happen or what could happen, that crap will happen. And uh, he doesn't want that to happen. So, you know, this could be also like what the exo stranger is having to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she, there's only so much she can say. And that's maybe why, you know, hindsight 2020 mm-hmm. Maybe that's why she was like, I I can't tell you. I can't explain it, you know? Osiris predicted the Red War in one of his weapons. Yeah. Oh, all the, um, what were those weapons called? The prophecy weapons. Um, I don't think I'll be able to, I don't think I'll be able to find it. uh, Because the only one, I only remember a few of them by name. Yeah, the, but he basically uh, predicted the future. Yeah. Of the Red War, and it, you know, like he had this whole his his whole deal with the Red War, and he didn't say, you know, Red War is going to happen. He he could have, but he didn't. Yeah, but it was necessary for it to happen, right? So how how do you do that? Like, how do you justify letting? letting a series of events unfold with so many casualties it's that dumb trolley problem that comes up all the time hmm. do you take this track do you take that track do you kill 10 but i mean that's one? weird because if 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 he can't tell us the future without like forcing it to happen what what's up with the the end of season of the undying going into season of dawn you know oh you guys killed the undying mind so much now the future is like darkness and the traveler is like a, a dark orb over the, the entirely black city. And it's like, you could just tell us that you you could, you could tell us that we messed up. I guess not. Well, 
guess we better get after it. It's just okay. I, I actually got it. It's uh the Conqueror two. Two tower comes a war in red, and orphan sounds the empire's call. Mortal angels mourn the dead while lightless light wraps night in Paul. Who's Paul? No, it's the pallbearer type of thing. <laughs> uh, Paul is a cloth spread over a coffin. Yep. Wait a second. An orphan sounds the empire's call. Yeah, that's the Gaul. Gaul was an What's orphan. Gaul an orphan? Yeah, remember he was an orphan. He was adopted. He was the albino Gaul baby that was adopted by um, the, what's his name? Oh, yeah, I guess that doesn't make yeah, Well, he was console. adopted by Callus, wasn't he? No, the Consul. I know. Well, the Consul was kicked out of the Cabal Empire, and then he kind of corrupted Gaul with the Midnight Coup. Yeah. The plans for the Midnight Coup. Mortal angels mourn the dead while lightless light wraps night in Paul. That's the that's the 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 line that's kind of like making me think. Wait a second, is this now? Is he predicting now? Oh uh, no! Lightless no, light they, wraps they, night in Paul. What does that mean? Well, because um, remember they trapped the they were trying to blow up the sun, and they trapped the 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 traveler, so they took his light. They took our light. Yeah, but the so mortal angels mourn the dead. Guardians mourn the dead. I get that. Yeah. While lightless light wraps night in Paul. So wrapping the night in the the cloth spread over a coffin. I get that. Yeah. But why are you wrapping the you know, like wrapping the night kind of sounds like endless night to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm just getting hung up on it. Yeah. I think we, that we was should do the, a uh we should do I a think that was the future that they were trying to not have. Because that was the prophecy. It was like, this is what's going to happen. Stop it from happening. So you can only say so much to keep that, you know, keep the blanket from, or the Paul Bear blanket from wrapping us and we're all dead. Yeah. We should have a, uh, we should do a prophecy episode. We should. There's a lot to unpack there. Because, and some I mean, of they're it, just like, they're just like such about. simple lines, and it's like I have no idea what it can be like. So here's here's the third one: Jack Queen King Three, uh, yeah, an army no meets doubt. and stands and falls. Three nobles wage their hopeless war, and shifting madness, evil crawls. One stands above the battle's roar. Yeah, it's a good one. Three nobles wage their hopeless war. You're uh, you're really quiet right now. Oh no, I know. I'm just not talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, because I, I I could hear that you were like saying something, but it was like super quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 a really good card though. Um, no, a I just carnal did. but engulfing orb, beacon in the lonesome dark, fetid, fetid corpses rise, a tune long absent gibbous spark. Oh yeah, what was that one? That's uh, Machina Del Rey 4. Oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> Ma- that. Machina Die. <laughs> D, Die, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I always call it Del Rey. Uh, Luna Del Rey. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> we really just <laughs> got off track. Um, okay. Weaver. <laughs> do we Friendly wanna, Weaver. Do we want to try going into this book now? I mean, we're already yes. 40 minutes in, 50 minutes it's in. A short, it's a short one. It's good, though. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll try to go through this uh, kind of quick then. Okay. So, uh, uh, Achilles Weaves a Cocoon is a story about an elixni who uh, it gets named in the book uh, Namrask, and that's not their yep. actual name. Uh, that is a name that was given given to him mockingly by some of the other elixni on Europa, because it means empty weaver. He's a he's a giant elixni like Archon size, which is usually for the fighters, you know, for the Archons, for the Kells, for really strong elixni. But he's really big, and he's he's holding a loom. You know, he he's he's clearly uh, not wanting to fight. And uh, the reason he doesn't want to fight is uh, he says uh, he cannot fight, not after what he saw on the reef, that thing with its staff, not after Siva, Twilight Gap, London. Critis promised this was salvation. And so, you know, working back from present to the past, you have uh, Fickroll being the thing with the staff. You have uh, Axis being... Uh, the one who incorporated Siva into the devils. You have Sulcus being the one who led the fallen against humanity at Twilight Gap. And then you also have London, which is not something we've never heard of, but it's something that we haven't had much on. Right. Uh, I think uh, that's the European dead zone as well, right? The, the, yeah. the, not the Easy. European dead zone. Um, the map. What's the map with the church? The um, it's uh, cathedral or something. No, what is it um, called? widow's court. Yeah, widow's court. There you go. Yeah, because that is that is like on the uh on like the northeast section of the map. On like I think it's the B flag. It's A B C or A B C. Maybe it's the yeah. A flag and it's A B C. Either way, on the e- on e the, flag like, the has north the tank, the spider. Yeah, tank, right? there's a spider tank in the building. You know, it's like crashed there. Uh, so that is the event that happened in London. And I think there was actually a London burning reference. There is something about London burn. I'm sorry if you can hear that. Sorry. Uh, nothing I can, I can get right away. So we've had, we've had a couple references on London an event happening in London. At least I, I, oh my God, you know what it is? It was actually, um, it was Lakshmi dialogue. On London? Ironically. Uh, so let's see, uh, the, the fallen house of devils burned it down at some point in the dark age. Lakshmi too witnessed the event. So she has a dialogue that references being there when London burned. Oh, crazy. Yeah. And obviously, some parts of it are probably still standing, but other parts are uh, probably gone now. But uh, so uh, Namrask is basically being mocked for not wanting to be a fighter anymore. And he's like, you know, 
uh, fighters aren't everything because if if we are actually building a new home, you're gonna need people like me. You're gonna need people who can who right. can weave, because uh, I will make egg cloth. How will the hatchlings be swaddled if no one weaves egg cloth? And he'll weave banners and and every other goddamn thing. But the kicker is he's actually not a weaver at all. He's just like yeah. I'll, I'll carry this thing around and maybe they'll believe I'm a weaver if I can just kind of, you know, fake it till I make it type of deal. And, uh, another thing I, one thing I found interesting in this, in this, uh, first entry is, uh, he, the, it says the little winter dreks are kind to him. And so it's winter drek and as like one connected word word, and so that's kind of like uh, a human misinterpretation of what uh, fallen call each other. So we call them dregs. They call them dregs. Right. And it's yeah. we pronounce it differently. And specifically... And they have a different meaning for it in the fallen culture, too, we learned. In this oh, really? Century. Yeah, it, it somewhat means like soldier or guardian. Or, you know, it means like their fighter. Yeah, and so yeah, it's funny on. because as the story was going on, I was reading it. And I was like, "Why does he keep calling everybody a drag, you know, or drex?" And uh, but yeah, it's like a, it's more of a noble term to refer to each other as like a fighter or like a warrior almost. Interesting. Yeah, so we call them drags because we yeah. think they're just like the lowest of all. Well, the lowest is actually the wretch, according to. Uh... Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot who actually said that. There were like the wretches. The wretches are the wretches are the lowest in their society because they don't even have a pistol. But dregs yeah. are a step above wretches because they they have the honor of using a uh, a ranged yeah. weapon. <laughs> and then you know vandals have like rifles. They don't have pistols. They have an even better ranged weapon. It's all about like the damage you can do, I guess. And that like you're honored by the weapon you're given. Except for uh, swords, which is a different rank in honor as well, because then you'll have your captains that come at you with swords. Yeah. So the rank and file is uh, how many weapons you have and how big you get. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also, it's kind of like how, uh, especially now with Mithrax in the city, he calls uh, like Zavalakel or Ikorakel, uh, Mithraxkel. Yeah. You know, it's this combination word. Where it's Winter Drek, it's Winter Vandal, Winter Captain, Winter Kell, you know, and then it, it the title the it, in their in their language the title their titles get kind of attached to their to their name and their their subcategories. Right, Which I, I, it's I neat because it shows it shows a little bit of like how they honor and respect one another by mm -hmm. referring to them as in a titled uh, way, kind of like you know like. Like you would you would address anybody in a certain rank of military, like captain, whatever, colonel. Uh, what's the highest? Uh, Kel is the highest. Or are you talking uh, the military? No, no, no. I was thinking about Kel. I was thinking about like so if if he if he knows to give enough respect to Ikora Kel, mm -hmm. you know, then that shows that shows his. Um, or that shows their somewhat submissive nature in the in the way that they're dealing with things right now because they've got to they've got to they've got to show hey I'm following your lead right yeah and so in the fallen 
uh, way of speaking to one another, they kind of do that too. Like yeah. fellow warrior, fellow Drek, fellow mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, because like even though Mithrax is himself a Kel, he still calls Ikora and Zavala Kells. Uh, because they're yeah. the Kells of the city, they're 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 both Kells, and he probably calls multiple other members, high-ranking yeah, members yeah. of the city, Kells. <laughs> because yeah. you know, it's just like, yeah, in our culture, we have one Kell, but in yours, you have several. That's fine. You know, yeah. I'm still gonna talk talk to you all with the the equal respect of all being a Kell. Yeah. So I want to back up for a second. So this okay. starts off with um, with the with Namrask. Namrask, Namrask, whatever, my mm-hmm. Americanism, ease. Um, so he starts off talking basically um, almost in a way that sounds like he's kind of feeling useless, right? So mm-hmm. when he starts off in the in the book, he's like, well, what am I going to do? What kind of use do I have? What purpose do I have? What what is, what is the point of me being here? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll weave egg cloth, right? Mm-hmm. So he's repurposed himself in the fallen, um, you know, in the situation they got, but everybody sees him as this giant big guy that should be out there fighting and helping them win or, you know, survive. But Mm -hmm. here he is lumbering over delicate cloth to weave, uh, instead of doing all that. Well, there's also, um, a parallel that's happened in our game too, with Ada one being brought back in the tower. She felt the very same thing. And in fact, her whole storyline with the with the weaving for the Guardian's uh, mm-hmm. cloak, she felt useless after, you know, the Black Armory was blown open and the forges were lit afire and then they deactivated them. So she felt like she had no purpose. Mm-hmm. And so she's had to repurpose herself. And where does she get the technology to do that from? The same place. <laughs> Clovis. Yeah. And well, so it's. Namrask's Europa, uh, Europa. Namrask's loom is is ancient though. It's like from it's from Reese, right? It's it's Reese uh te- or Reese Tech whatever, but um it's just it's just coincidental, but also yeah. almost um you know it's almost poetic in a way that they're both repurposing themselves and and using themselves to weave cloth <laughs> to to outfit us uh, with with new stuff. So I like that they brought Ada back, but now that you're, you're drawing that parallel, I kind of wish that we got Namrask as our, uh, armor synthesis vendor. Cause that would be awesome. Just to have this like giant (laughs) fall in be like, yeah, here's your cloak. I made it for you. And he uses his face to do it. That'd be cool. Yeah. Do they, do they like spin threads out of their mouth or something? I mean, they do something weird. Cause in here in the um, book, he talks about like, Pulling yeah. it out with, yeah, with yeah. Teeth. The the Drex watch as he uses his teeth to separate the eggshell from the thin fibrous membrane beneath, and it's like, okay, well, what, what's the eggshell? Or right. like, where, where are you getting these things? He tears into long fibers and fastens fastens them into the the loom. Like, do the eggs come woven in something already? Like, if he's making egg cloth, what's he making it from? Well, he's he's using the broken eggshells to make the egg cloth fiber, and the way he pulls the egg, broken eggshells through his teeth, it it causes it to come out in a string almost. 
So that's just strange. I mean, like yeah. I can't understand that physically, but yeah, you know, hey, it's freaking destiny. So whatever. But yeah, he's, like, he's making little baby cocoon <laughs> cocoons for for all the fallen. Like, just making them cloth, right? This is this is just as complicated as armor synthesis because he's he's getting egg thread from an egg shell to make egg cloth. Like he's literally yeah. an armor synthesis yeah. armor yeah. synthesis vendor. Vendor. I hate this. Let's move on. Yeah, he's the fallen armor <laughs> synthesis vendor for baby fallen. These these are words that I cannot say. Yeah. But it's it's funny too because uh you know that word egg was foreign to a particular fallen from last episode that we were talking yeah. about. This has to just be like, <laughs> this is, has to be like a translation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what we're, we're calling an egg. They probably don't know his egg. Yeah. <sighs> he, yeah. he later calls them hatchlings. Maybe they have some word with that. Mm. Uh, it's cool because there's a lot of little terms and, and things that came out of this that we learned that kind of define all along what we've been trying to figure out, like, what did, why do they call it that? Why do you, you know, why do they mm-hmm. refer to things this way? And so that was, that was what was so cool about this is it kind of did a little bit of that research for us and helped us define uh, some of the terminology. Yeah. And uh, so it should be mentioned that this section of the book is happening before Beyond Light. This is when Aramis just got in there. She's like spreading this whole tale that Reese, this is going to become our salvation. It's Reese reborn. You're going to have peace here. This is this is how we're going to survive, etc. And obviously, as we've all played the Beyond Light campaign, we know how quickly that turns and how, how quickly yeah, that stops being so. Uh, and that's kind of where Namrask sits right now. He came here thinking that it was going to be what Aramis said, and it's not. And so now he's basically been ordered just to like hole up in a little ice warren with some other people or some other Elixney. And, you know, he's just trying to survive there. And so in the second entry, uh, Hollow Hot, with Namrask's help weaving, the little group of Elixney were able to make their hole in the ice home. Elixney hatched and egg cloth was woven for them. Uh, he, he, He wove Hollow Hot matting to insulate the tunnels so i guess hollow hot as he he mentions at the end of the book it's basically like a a fibrous uh i don't even know how to describe it yeah no it's like it's like it's like insulation in your house so insulation in your house the reason why it works is because it has a barrier that holds up a bunch of empty space between you and the outside world. Yeah. And so it's just like warm clothing. When you have a bunch of cotton or down feathers inside of a, of a coat that insulates you from the outside. Mm -hmm. Whereas the distinction that they're trying to make in this story is that, which which is really kind of cryptic, but it's going to be important later. I feel Um, the distinct that the distinction they're trying to make is, you're looking at the material that they're making, but the reality is what's insulating you from the from the outside world are the millions of air gaps, the mm-hmm. vacuous space in between. Mm-hmm. And so it's this thick padding, but inside there is tons of air that's trapped. Yeah. And that air is full of nothing, but that's what's keeping you from from coming in contact with the outside world. Yeah, and so it 
it's just funny because um you know like aramis is all about stasis and they're on europa which is way colder than outside space because in they they mentioned in the lore card mm-hmm. europa's so cold it's so much colder than vacuous space because it steals the warmth from around you yeah and that's a scientific thing like that tip that is true like you're going to be much colder on the surface of europa than you would be floating in space that's crazy it is crazy and it's because in the vacuous space you have all of this nothingness around you to insulate you between what's taking the warmth and what's giving the warmth. Cause he, he says about the hollow hot, uh, he, he holds it up end on end. So she can see the little bubbles of vacuum that fill the center. And he says, there's nothing inside it, but if you pry too hard, you break the nothing and then it's useless. And it, it feels kind of like he's almost talking about himself because they yeah. call him empty weaver. And it's like, you know, if you, if you pry too hard, I'm going to be useless. But right now I can use this hollow hot to, to make this, this cave less cold. So our, the babies can basically hatch, you know? Right. Yeah. He's trying to, he's trying to help, but they keep pushing him to be something that yeah. he once was. And he's not, you know, he's not willing to do that. Yeah. Well, and then later we find out. So, yeah. And so, uh, as I said, it's before beyond light. So, uh, Aramis's whole, uh, the, the chains, uh, cut scene that you saw over and over and over yeah. and she punches, <laughs> she punches the servitor and kills it. Uh, yeah. that scene has just about happened. Uh, the warrior Phylax, a Lieutenant of Aramis came recruiting and, uh, he wanted Namrask and Namrax, uh, was just like, no, I'm just a weaver. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Phylax is like, fine, whatever. There's, there's, there are many others who will take your place. And, uh, you know, later the, the elixir that Namrask is with try to, tries to convince him to, to go become a warrior. And, and he's, he says, right. has she destroyed servitors, which has been a running trend every step of the way, you know, like when, yeah. when they receive a splice, it's like, we don't need servitors anymore. We generate our own ether. And it's like, when they were, when they were scorned, they're like, we don't need ether anymore. We, ether, we're breaking right. free of ether. We're destroying the servitors. And now even her, she's like, no, we don't need it anymore. Again, they, they keep doing it to themselves. So, so the distinction there is for, for however noble they were before they came into our soul system, mm-hmm. when, you know, the great whirlwind happened, uh, the fallen were not dependent on ether. Ether is the substitute for once being gifted by the traveler's light or the sustainability of mm-hmm. their own sustenance, right? So ether is the substitute that they have to generate for, the, for themselves by using the servitors, which were made in the image of the traveler. So they're using these servitors to create ether so that they can live and get big and you know have whatever power they can possibly have. Uh, and so that's why he says, has she broken the servitor? You know, a servitor. Has she gotten rid of the servitor? Basically, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to listen to any of it until that has happened. Because if that hasn't happened, what's the point of hearing all this mess? Like, yeah, you can go fight all you want, but yeah. until you've broken your dependency on ether, what's the point? You know. So that's where that came from. And you know, he's sick of it. He said he thinks, uh, will society always be based on violence where the basic worker is not the weaver, the farmer, or the healer, but the dreck? One pistol, one knife, one unit of labor employed to steal what it can, the value of a dreck life. 
and uh, Namrask is so old, they might be, they might have actually helped make that the law in the first place. Like, it's it's really beginning to build up who Namrask was in past. Yeah, he's got some history. So next up happens. Are we on? We're on four. Uh, now, right? Entry three, uh, Bannercloth. And so uh, the elixir. So this is this is where uh, things start to go bad. Uh, the elixir surviving with Namrask see the writing on the wall. Aramis is going mad. Their new life is doomed to fail, and they need to escape. The siblings urge Namrask to find a way off Europa. So she, so she, so he seeks out Varix, who passes his name off to Mithrax. So yeah. uh, basically. You know, there was that early bit where even uh, Mithrax, not Mithrax, uh, Varix was like, Aramis is using stasis and it's clearly bad. It's clearly not something you're supposed to be doing. And they're starting to like turn on her. More and more Elixir are starting to go, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, we didn't sign up for this. And yeah, they're uh, seeing that that's a, doomed, that's a doomed road that they're heading down. Yeah. You know, what's funny, though, is Namrask also, when he was pushed into going to seek Varix, mm-hmm. he referred to him as, you know, basically a traitor. And yeah. he sees he sees Varix as the guy that, you know, uh, he sees Varix as like the judgmental fallen that basically screwed everything up. But now he has to go running over there and ask for him to you Once know, help a traitor, him out. always a traitor. Right. <laughs> and so... Uh... When when he actually goes to see see them, uh, the guards Snickus and Pixis, uh, they're guarding Aramis's chamber. Uh, they they say she will honor you if you honor her. Oh great Ak! And then he cuts them yes. off, and he's like, "Don't say it." He growls, "Not that stolen name. I'm not here for Aramis. Where is Varix? And so Namrask's real name is not necessarily yet known to us. But I mean, the name of the book is Achilles weaves a cocoon, and he, here he right. is being the weaver. So it, it makes sense that it's Achilles. But that's probably like our bastardized version of his real name, right? So it's probably like Achilles or something. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, then when he goes and sees Varix, and this is something I'm actually really excited to bring up to you, when he goes to see Varix, um, uh Varric's like comments saying like I thought you would be in that hole forever and he's like did you put me there and he's like no uh the day captain who had no idea who you really are does it suit you to be forgotten old smoke sword and so yeah. he calls he calls Namrask old smoke sword and I'm like oh okay that's just like a nickname right old smoke sword who the hell gives a crap because you have all 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 the wolves that had the special nickname back in house of wolves they all had their own like like uh, Queen Breakers and et cetera. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, Smoke Sword, same thing. But then uh, you make a habit of serving queens who will abandon you, Namrask whispers back. Aramis is doomed, Varix. She is whirlwind, whirlwind hutched as I was once. And so I wanted to ask you, the whirlwind was uh, in the Elixir. It was when the hive came and basically decimated their population and uh, potentially also the pyramids. I'm not sure if the pyramids also came. I have a feeling if the pyramids came, they wouldn't be so quick to join up with them if they were a part of the whirlwind. But so we know for a fact the hive, right? 
and to say that Aramis, who is now using stasis, who is now using dark powers, she is whirlwind touched as I was once. Do you think Smokesword could have been a name given to him because he was whirlwind touched? And does whirlwind touched mean used dark powers? I do. I do as well. And that's where I was like, oh, God, I can't wait to talk about this stupid book because I'm thinking that's what was happening with the whirlwind. Do you think he's going to be part of our dark vanguard? I don't know. I would love that. I mean, I could only hope. Because, okay, so think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Um, Elsie uses stasis and i know eris uses stasis too but i mean you know eris is gone right eris is doing her own yeah, yeah. her own thing maybe she'll die you know whatever but elsie <laughs> <laughs> sorry eris i don't want you to die but you know for the yeah. sake of for the sake of what i'm going to pitch uh elsie uses stasis drifter did not use stasis while he was on europa he he was or did he i forget if he did either way he was in those Drifter like just shot a bunch of stuff. And, I remember he just like shot a bunch of stuff. But when he was like that, those intro scenes where it was Eris and and Drifter walking up and then kind of like meeting each other, and they had like that that wah 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 moment. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he like kind of looked at her and he was like, "Oh, she's about to use stasis, isn't she?" You know, and like kind of like he calculating knew. her. He and uh, but we know Drifter can spawn Taken, which is. As, as I'm sure uh, you know, and hopefully listeners know, I believe is one of the powers that we're going to get. I think Smokesword here is using the Hive power and that he is going to teach us in Witch Queen how to use it. Well, that would be cool. So and it's going to be Elsie Drifter Smokesword. It might not necessarily be Elsie Drifter Smokesword, but it might be the gateway that opens that. You know, it could still be Eris, but, um, you know, by proxy, Smoke Sword, right? Or he is the parallel to Eris in their whirlwind, which happened. Yeah. Because if you think about, if you think about Mithrax, Smoke Sword, and Aramis, all three of them are the parallel to what I was thinking is happening right now. How, where does Mithrax fit in that? I don't know what, yet. What, what are you saying? No, I'm just saying like, Okay, so Aramis is using stasis. Uh-huh. Right? So we could see maybe we could see fallen reps showing us what had happened in the whirlwind mm-hmm. when they started darkness power. Yeah. Cause that that definitely seems like the type of thing that um the the darkness would actually like to do, where it's like Oh yeah, you're gonna fight one of mine. Well, here, have some power. See what you can do with it. You know, because yes. if you are stronger yeah. than them, I want you repping me more than I want them repping me. Also, also, the nine referred to Drifter as one of the uh, experiments. Experiments. Whatever they say in the nine. The the, the ones who have ascended their their yeah. uh, true yeah. form. Yeah. Yes. So with, the uh, three that the three experiments. <laughs> Yeah, but that was uh, Eris uh, and Mara. No, the, they ascended their true form, which was uh, Stranger, Drifter, and Eris. Eris still has yet to oh, show yeah, yeah, us yeah. her totally 
done final form, but you know, she's using it. Well, I mean, I just always took that to mean that they use dark powers person. Yeah, exactly. Darkness. So like, these are the, these are the pitfalls or the follies of using darkness mm. is maybe we're headed towards our own whirlwind. If we don't, if we're not careful. I mean, we've already had our own whirlwind. We had the collapse. Yeah, but not in, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, that's a collapse, right? It's the same maybe. thing. It's just what they called it. Where we are on on track for a second collapse, yeah, and you know the drifter knows that, yeah, he's just waiting out the next collapse. He's got his hidey hole. Yeah, well, there's that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so smoke sword is a smoky sword. That's yeah, about I, I I I really I really hope. Uh, I really hope to uh, learn that Smoke Sword uh, does become the uh, teacher because you know it's not like it's not like Sabathun is going to be like here you go you know it's not gonna happen yeah, no no way I think yeah. the the two possibilities that I hope for is one that Smoke Sword teaches us and two that we don't get a new power until the end of the campaign and it's like we defeat whatever witch queen campaign boss it is. And then it's like, we take the power, you know, those are the two, two ways that would make me the most happy. Right. Uh, and so then moving on in this entry, uh, <sighs> uh, Varix kind of just like calls him out for what a horrible person he used to be. There were hatchlings on the ships. You abandoned at Reese human infants in London. Once again, referencing London, and he goes, I am no longer the killer I was then. And Varix just says, yes, you are. And, uh, you know, he's like, fine, but I'll still give you, uh, give your name off to Mithrax. And uh, at the end of the entry, as as Namrask is waiting in, in the, the Warren, uh, Varix has summoned the Guardians to Europa. And that is the start of Beyond Light. So from this point on, it is basically the, it is taking place during the beyond light campaign. Yeah. And so this is good because it tells us like what they were doing there when we went to go rescue them. And yeah. And so we actually, we also do get that, that, uh, reference, uh, n- not in this entry though. Uh, so the next entry, uh, scatter Cape guardians flood Europa. And there's no distinction between the Elixir who only came there thinking it would be a peaceful world for them to strive on. And those who swore allegiance to Aramis and used stasis Namrask and the siblings are attacked. He tried to get them out safely, but when he was about to die, one of the siblings, uh, Eryx, came back and led the guardian who was attacking them away. And, uh, Eryx was never seen again. Also, the guardian was French. Yeah. He is- says, <laughs> He says, "Oh, you're gonna shoot me? Yeah, well, well, I found you, or something like that, right?" I have no idea what he says. Oh, Boni and Tumas Bonier. to Valais Mon attention. Ben Tuvas lawyer. Is yeah, that French? He yeah, he basically French. says something like, "Oh, you shoot me to get my attention? Uh, yeah. We'll see about that." And then he calls him a year, which. I don't know what that is, but Bonnier is like uh, basically the equivalent of saying, damn it. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like saying, oh crap. You know, 
it's just kind of a, a way of, of saying, oh, you shocked me, you, you know, whatever. You so got my attention. Do you think a, a guardian who was who is French, a French person dies as raised as a guardian. They just come out <laughs> speaking French. Dude, I have no idea. That's got to be crazy because uh, German Germany is a dead location. Like, the, or Germany is a dead language. German German is a dead language in Destiny. Weird. Either way, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's, so, it's all convoluted. So that's very early in the Beyond Light campaign. You notice a bunch of guardians going there, and then so the next the next entry is uh, Watercloth. And so you might remember we actually helped a ship of refu- refugees escape to go be with the House of Light. And so the first sh- ship of refugees we helped escape and Beyond Light Fleas, Namrask, and many others don't make it onto the ship. We continued it through the campaign, killing Phylax, Presk, Praxis, Critis, and then defeating Aramis. Uh, Namrask plans to find a transmitter to call for Mithrax to return. And so uh, it's, it's actually pretty interesting. Uh, we learned a while ago that Destiny runs in rough time with us you know it's not exact because they will stretch it forward or backward to fit their needs uh whether it be like a month or so but generally speaking a year in real world time is a year in destiny give or take and so for for uh namrask and the rest of the elixni to be on europa during the beyond light campaign that was in when beyond light come out in october yeah that was eight months ago and they basically lived on Europa just in hiding for eight months, you know, just trying to survive with no, with no Aramis or anything. And, uh, yeah. Survivors are still on Europa. They seek out Namrask, bringing their hatchlings, but not much ether. It's a it's a sad it's a sad turn of events for the Elixni who who honestly just want they're just like over it you know they they just they want it all to be done with they just want peace they don't want all the stuff that they they are now being forced to deal with yeah absolutely uh, so then uh, the next entry entry six is uh, superconductor. And uh, in this entry, the transmitter built by Namrask has made contact with Ido. Ido, in case anyone uh, didn't realize or forgot, is Mithrax's daughter. Uh, she claims Mithrax is close to the light and will come for them soon. When Namrask asks how, uh, how can Mithrax be close to the light, Ido reveals that he is close to the Guardians, and Namrask reveals he fears being recognized by them if he, goes, if he gets close to them. So, recognized... For London, I guess. Because <laughs> apparently he did some messed up shit in London. Probably yeah. burned down the city. I you imagine that so being great. like, hey, didn't you yeah. burn down London? It's like, yeah, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything in uh, in here that you're interested in uh, getting more into? No, I, I think that's pretty much... You know, we probably should save the rest of the um, entries just going forward. Because where are we? We're at six. 
We only have two more. We only have two more? Okay. Yeah. Let's power through. Because that yeah, one just basically I, is like, yeah, you know what? I'm a bad guy. I was a bad yeah. dude. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, those those are the ones that we could just, like, get through really quick. And that's why I was like, okay, let's just move through these. And then we'll get on to entry seven. Just so we don't have to do a two-parter on this. Just because we yeah. talked so long on the uh, other stuff. Uh, entry seven. Uh, time is fabric. Mithrax approaches Europa, but nearing arrival, his ship is shot out of the sky by the Vex. Many of the Elixni die by the Vex. Namrask puts himself in front of the hatchlings prepared to die if it could give him the slightest chance, give them the slightest chance of survival when Mithrax calls out to them. With Mithrax is a guardian. So this is this season. We are officially in this season now. And uh, so... Uh, we in the the first line of this entry is to those who renounce the violence of House Salvation and seek refuge in the House of Light. I will be landing a skiff near the Asterian Abyss. Bring only what you need. We must prioritize survivors over their possessions. Trigger message. Repeat. You might remember that's actually the message we heard at the beginning of the yeah. mission uh, when we were going to find them. And so then you know we we were in that mission. We we find the transmission. We found where Namrask was hiding. And then we head over to the Asterian Abyss trying to catch them on their way out to help them uh, get away safely. And we see the downed ship, but we don't see uh, Mithrax or anyone because they're like over away. They're uh, on the other side of the map location. Uh, But what we we missed, and this is insane. I, I had a comment on this. So the Vex shot down the ship. Everything's like shit's hitting the fan. Um, he's like, we should disperse. It's unwise to crowd together. Landing zone, you know, everything's going wrong. A white mist envelops her. Uh, speaking about an elixir named uh, Tura. Tiny electrical discharges cover her armor. She looks up at him and gasps. The Vex teleport delivers a goblin inside her, shattering her body. Oh, they they fucking ant manned her. Yeah. Totally. Ugh. That's insane. Ugh. Isn't isn't the things that the Vex do in the lore is just like there's this like one sadistic person at Bungie is like, I'm just gonna write the most fucked up shit. Yeah, <laughs> they just yeah. they just ship it out in lore every every season. You're right about that. Like this, this is the other episode we had where they 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 dissected a living Clovis and then just like kept his head there to see all his like tendons and sinew and, and yeah. <laughs> Here's the horror. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh also in this. So the uh, other siblings that were left were uh Oerix and Eorix. Uh Oerix dies almost instantly, shot by a slap rifle. Eorix leaps to him and tries to capture the escaping puff of ether, what Old Faith would call the passage of his soul, as oh, if it yeah. will keep him keep Oerix alive, but Eorix is killed too. And so that's actually been like something that's been going around since D1, where in D1, uh, I think it was in the Devil's Lair uh, strike, which we now actually have in D2, where yeah. Zavala says, send their souls screaming, something like that. Back to hell, yeah. Yeah, screaming back to hell. And so when you shot an Elixir in D1, you'd see a puff of ether just kind of shot out. And everyone's like, that's their souls. And then people were like, yeah. no, that's just the ether. It's the, call, the souls. it's the callback. But it's funny because ether um, in in old 
you know, an old writing refers to a soul. Also that. And then, so in the Devil's Lair Strike, you have all these dead fallen around the boss, and then the servitor, uh, Sepex Prime, starts pulling the ether out of their bodies, ether and it's like, them. oh my yeah. god, it's collecting their souls. And then in Destiny 2, they changed it. It's no longer just a puff of ether. You, if you if you headshot an Elixney, you'll see their body I'll rise out of their body. Yeah. And so it's like it, I just love how that how that all came came full circle. Sad that everyone died, but I mean <laughs> it's pretty awesome that it all came full circle like that. That was it was really cool to to get in the lore. Do you have anything uh that you want to touch on in this entry before we move on to no. the last one? That's it. Okay. The last um, one's pretty much just wrapping it up, but here's yeah. where it goes. So the last one is happening uh, maybe in the future a little bit. Maybe right now. It's kind of ambiguous, but it's Elixney in the city. Uh, Namras now lives in the city. He almost likes it, except for when people call him a baby eater. He remembers the past on Reese and how when the Traveler left, he immediately followed, letting Elixney die. Namrask is recognized by a guardian who knew him by his old name. And it's not Achilles. It's It's like... Achilles, because it's got a K at the end. Yeah, so, yeah, because you know that's just how they that's just how they talk. That's that's you know how they pronounce things. But so we get another look. We've gotten a few a few looks at the whirlwind. We got another one where uh, he says uh, he's talking to Mithrax about how he doesn't want to be who he was and stuff like that. And he says, Reese, I was there, you know, Namrask whispers at the whirlwind after Chelkis fell. I sent ships to follow the great machine. I abandoned all those houses that could never, that could not make war. I off, I ordered my fleet to hunt the machine. Many rallied after us. Each ship began its own war with the humans, but maybe I was first. And so we have Chelkis, the Kell of Stone, who stood before them all. We have another reference to him. We haven't seen him in forever. And also the fact that Namrask might have been the reason that there was this war with the Elixni. Because if if a more sensible Elixni were to reach Earth first, they might have been able to say, like, the Traveler just left us. We need your help. Bad things are coming. Let's work together. Instead, we got uh, or Achilleix. Uh, who just came in shooting. Yeah. And see, that's the folly of that, that whole thing is how many houses were split off of that because yeah. it, at first they were united and then they split off into all these houses going to do their own thing. And so it's kind of interesting that they point this out because we're divided right now in the tower. Um, and so that's the, that's the polar, you mm-hmm. know, that's the, that's the parallel that they're trying to show you is like the whirlwind, created all the different houses and look what happened. Yeah. Look what happened after all the houses, but it's cool because they bring up Chelkis, right? Yeah. And so where did we first learn about that? Uh, he was, uh, the doom of Chelkis. Uh, I believe uh-huh. it was an auto rifle. Yeah. And we got from, that from uh, the King's fall raid. Yeah. King's and fall so raid. all those weapons were, were, uh, they were things, enemies that Oryx had killed ground up the bodies and bones and turned them into Eight weapons. Seven. Yes. Oh, so messed up, dude. A lot of messed up shit, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Dreadnought. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of the question. Cause it was like, if, if Chelkis is a weapon, that means Oryx fought 
Chelkis, but we were led to believe that the darkness, not the hive, destroyed the the fallen society. But it seems that it was the hive, definitively, or we know it was definitively the hive. Whether or not the pyramids were present, we're not sure. Yeah, or had anything to do with it. But yeah, yeah. so so yeah, so there's this under so there's this understory that developed, and it's kind of it's kind of like here in this. You know, it's funny because we as lore enthusiasts and people, you know, we, we we go through a set of biases and we start to believe certain things because that's what the writer's intent is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we may know a lot of things going forward and believe to be true, but we cannot define them and say with 100 percent fact that they are uh, at any given point until they pretty much tell us that in the lore. But yeah, so many people out there you know, for you listeners or whatever, you may think something or believe something to be true that may end up in fact become true. However, never take that as, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, that, that means it is definitely uh, what has always been. So like, you can't say definitively, even to this day, what, you know, the darkness is, but we know now mm-hmm. that the hive, were very much uh, a huge influence in a lot of the demise of what happened with the fallen. Yeah. One thing I actually like, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying that it's just interesting that they bring it up now, because if you think about going forward, if our next Avenue of uh, destinies, you know, going forward is going to be an encounter with, um, you know, taking energy or, mm-hmm. or any uh, hiviness, you know, um, this could be a part of that setup. So just be, you know, be aware that right now these things that they're telling us, you know, these little stories are much are planting the seed for what we're about to encounter. And it could be, you know, it could be the taken, it could be hiviness. But yeah, you know. Uh so it it says here, I, I read it in the summary, uh, he sleeps well until the day a human shouts at him, baby eater. Namras turns away, but he wants to shout back about the closed air, closed life of a spacecraft, about the hatchlings who survived and the hard decisions about those who did not. He wished now they had been depraved enough to think of devouring human young. And so last week we actually talked about an Elixni who ate guardians. And I think he, he was kind of like against eating young, but he was like, you know, if a guardian comes to try to kill us and we kill him, flesh is flesh, meat is meat, we need to eat, you know? And so there's this like common misconception that the Elixni would eat, uh, specifically like target babies to go eat babies. And it's like, no, they don't. But I mean, some definitely ate humans. Yeah, it's a good one. It's neat that they brought that up again. You know, and and it just goes to show you the rumors that we hear are not yeah. always true. It's it, it it's never with with the truth that we're getting, like the other side that we're getting. Like we go into the devil's lair and we see a lot of bones, you know, and so it kind of makes sense to believe that the elixir would actually just be like hunting humans to eat. Yeah. But from the other side that we're getting now, it's like. They killed humans who attacked them, and if they needed to, they they would eat what they had to eat to survive. It's a different story, you know. Yep. It's the other side. Yeah, it's it's messed up, but I mean, 
And I, it really makes me wonder if Namrask is responsible for all of this. And like, you know, maybe maybe he shouldn't just be freely given that second chance if he is. Mm. Yep, there's the there's the dilemma. Because I am absolutely like on the side of like the Elixni can be uh, allies of ours and that we shouldn't be fighting. But when you have the person who might have like kicked off that initial fight, like that's not as easy. It's not as easy as Mithrax, who is like, you know, Mithrax did things that he's not proud of, and he's a di- he's a different Elixir now. But it was a time of war. But being the one who started the war, that's that's a that's a difference. Yeah. And uh, Namrask is uh is known. Uh, he, he, he's trying to sell the things he weaves, wove, 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 things he wove, uh, and a guardian, an exo guardian, uh, I don't think they actually say their name. They just say, uh, what their name, what they're named after. And they say how they recognize him, uh, from, from London, I am named for an ancient goddess, she says, with as many arms as you, and her hands are Dharma, Kama, Artha, and Masksha, law, desire, meaning, and finally, liberation. Freedom from the war of death and rebirth. Are you freed by your rebirth as Namrask? He repeats, Namrask sells fabrics. Maybe. There is laughter in her voice, but I do not think Mashka has granted you true rebirth. I have not forgotten what you did to when you were... Achilles, I never will," she says quietly. He stole that name in any other, like any other other plunder, and used it. A human hero's name, a great warrior, and a famous runner. Achilles, which means "woe to the enemy," and so that's. Oh shit! You know, Ghost Rider just said. That's Lakshmi. Lakshmi's talking to him right now. Is that who has the hands? Yeah, the goddess. He's talking about the uh, Indian goddess. No, but so <clears throat> so Lakshmi. Yep. Okay, Lakshmi is yeah. uh, the goddess. Uh, wealth, fortune, love, beauty, joy, prosperity. No, that's not what it is. Okay, it, it seems like it might have actually been Lakshmi. So not even a guardian, just an old exo. I did not catch that. Thanks for uh, bringing that up. Uh, in I didn't either. That's right. a good one. Because I was going to say we should look up to find out who this who the, who their name is. Because they don't they don't name her. They just describe her as being named for an ancient goddess with four with four arms, yeah. which Lakshmi does have, and uh, in her hands are. That's how you would uh, catch it. Yep, four hands, which represent the four aspects of human life important to Hindu culture, Dharma, Kama, Artha, and Mashka. I'm probably butchering those names, so I'm sorry. But yep, fucking Lakshmi was just like, yeah, caught you. That's crazy. Oh my god. Oh, crap. There we go. It all comes back. It all comes back to Lakshmi at the end of the book. Damn it. Oh man, there it is. Well, that was a good show. <laughs> that was all right. Uh, 
so we will be back in two weeks and that will be on uh june 13th yep and uh we'll be talking about something <laughs> i don't yep. know what we'll be talking about we'll, we'll put it out a tweet uh so if uh if you want to find more of us you can find more of us Loose can at loose cannon show on Twitter spelt just like it is there. Uh, we only tweet, you know, updates. We're not going to bombard you with tweets. So if you want to put us on for notifications, we are only going to tweet when we're going live, um, when our next show is, what our next show is about. If we're doing anything special, you know, we'll tweet it there. Um, that's basically it. Uh, you can also find this show as an audio format. It gets published onto Anchor shortly after it's done, and that pushes it out to like Stitcher and Spotify and and all that stuff. So just look up Loose Cannon Show, and you should be able to find it. Uh, same same deal. Hope you uh, enjoyed listening, and we will see you next week. And we're out. Bye. Everybody. Bye.